The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. is going on DJ nation kenny kim here bringing you another fantasy golf generates podcast this week for the sanderson farms championship as usual i'm here with everyone's favorite canadian my favorite canadian tyler tambaline tyler how you doing this week i'm doing well kenny we're, we're back into it again man we had another crazy winner uh the corrales was wild it's just one of those events man you got all these guys that we were talking about a bunch of different plays you just got to mix them together the proper way but i certainly wasn't high on a one Hudson Swafford. So good for him. We'll get to that in a second. Before we get into it, just want to remind everyone real quick, this podcast is presented to you and sponsored by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself five bucks off your first month. Get access to all the core four premium sports, all the stuff I do with NFL as well as many others. So check that out. What did you think of the event, Kenny? And how did you do on the week? Well, I mean, the thing about these events in the fall, in the weaker field events, I know a lot of people like push them off and out of the way, but these things are important. Uh, especially to the golfers. I mean, if you think about it, you know, like uh, Tyler McCumber who came in second place, um, you know, he would have lost his card if it was a regular year, but he gets solo second, gets a whole rack of FedEx Cup points and, you know, a couple of more made cuts. And he's he, he's got his card for next year already after just a second place in a fall event. Like these events are, are big for these dudes. Like Hudson Swafford, great timing. You know, I mean, you know, three years since his last win, um, you know, I guess it would be his time for uh, his card to be up. But again, I think he finished still finished in the top 125 last season. I am not 100% sure. But, you know, if he didn't, that win, he gets another three years, basically. I mean, these things are huge events for these golfers, especially now that they're getting, you know, these aren't like uh, alternate field events anymore. They're getting the full 500 FedEx Cup points. So these guys are going in there fighting hard and battling uh, for this. Thing. And, and you can see it on Sunday with a lot of um, – People who couldn't live up to where they were, uh, Adam Long sort of fell off. Jing uh, Zhang Zhang fell off. A lot of these guys sort of fell off, and Hudson even fell off a little bit. When he got into that back nine, uh, you know, it looked like it was in the clear. I think he was up five strokes, and then, you know, he hit two chips on 12 and 13, like I chip, you know, like up the hill and come right back down to his feet. Uh, and it gets really tight at the end, but he made those – he had that real crucial birdie at the end. Matt Hughes three-putted. You know, McCumber was waiting to see if, you know, uh, Hudson would, would, would bogey that final hole. He left his first putt like eight feet short. You could tell the pressure was on him. I mean, these are big-time events for these type of golfers. It was fun to watch. He drained that eight-footer, uh, and that was really, really big. What would you think of the event? Yeah, the double fist pump there, and that was, and the caddy was more pumped than he was, I think. That was pretty crazy, you know, when Swafford hit that. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's always good. These events, I talked about on the podcast last week, talked about it pretty much all week about the uh, thing you just mentioned with the motivation factors. The you know, It's not an alternate event. Full FedEx Cup points, full exemptions, all these factors that you saw it, the guys that were gunning for it, right? Mackenzie Hughes trying to get that W like he was out there and, and it was crazy. Made a bunch more putts, uh, you know, a bunch of chip-ins and whatnot. And then, you know, he misses the ones that are important down the stretch or the big one that he needed, like I said, that three putt there. So uh, Lashley, Long, guys like that that were in the mix. Good to see, you know, List, Rogers, Burns, they all sort of did their thing and was high on them. They just didn't do enough. And that's where I'm saying this, you know, even Willie Z there, you know, great Sunday, T11, or, or sorry, uh, T8, and you got all those guys up there, T8, T8, T11, T28, and it still doesn't do anything. You know, an interesting one will be when we get to this week, you talk about Stenson. Nobody wanted any Stenson last week. You know, T21, I think that's a good one. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Like I said, these events are going to just keep piling up for us, and it's just going to be one of those things where we'll have to pick and choose our guys. This week is really tough when you look at the pricing and, and seeing who – is priced in each category and some of the areas I want everybody and some of the areas I want nobody. So interested to see what you think about this week when we get to the pricing there. Yeah. Another thing about this week, I was listening to a pod. I think Mark, Mark Immelman was a, uh, was a guest talking about how, you know, if you do well in like one event in this thing, it sort of opens you up. It brings you back in and makes you sort of a little bit more relaxed. Like talking about Tyler McCumber. Um, you know, I think he had like 300 FedEx Cup points or something that he won for getting solo second. And then he, uh, you know, I think last year, uh, the cutoff point for the for the for the 125 was like 400, 450 FedEx Cup points. So he just needs like five made cuts for the rest of the season or one more top, you know, five or something. And he's in. He's in. And sort of, I think, and, and I think for these guys, these lower tier guys, who are still great golfers, of course, um, it can open them up to be more free on the golf course, where it won't, uh, or the worry about trying to get their card lessens a little bit because of one, two good finishes, and that's why th- these fall events are so important. Um, so personally, for me, it was a pretty good week. Um, I uh, got six of six in cash, uh, second winning week in three weeks of this new season. So I'm trying to get back off the snide after that little, um, after the, um, the, the the little break that they had until the end of the season. So picking back up a little steam, I think only, I think less than 5% had six of six through in, um, in the $5 double up. Uh, so I, you know, I got that in. It felt good, uh, even though I wasn't cashing until like mid-round Saturday <laughs> because the guys really didn't perform too well. But they all made the cut, and you know, in cash, that's what you need. Uh, and then in GPPs, you know, I had a top twenty lineup going in the Sunday. I had another top hundred lineup going in the Sunday, but Adam Long and Jang and all them sort of fell apart. Uh, got me out of the top one hundred, so it wasn't as good on GPPs, but still a winning week. Solid. Makes me happy, uh, so we can try and keep moving forward, getting better each and every week. Especially for my cash game cornerstones, it was nice getting four for four. Uh, it probably happened, I think, two or three times since the break. So it's nice to get it in there, get that winning feeling. How'd you do last week? It wasn't the best week. Uh, it was one of those weeks. So, like I just said, where you got a bunch of things right. Like you know, I talked about Justin So wanting to show out in a field that didn't have the other three young guns and. You know, all these factors where these guys, you just didn't have them together in the right place. So it was one of those things on Sunday where I was waiting to see what happened. I had a couple runners in the big one, and then they just, you know, two guys go backwards. And then finally, you know, like a guy like Keith Mitchell decides to show up or Willie Z decides to show up. So it's just enough to get into the cash there and ended up down on the week slightly. But it was overall some fun. Like I said, we'll get back to it again this week. It's fun in these events because it's one of those ones where you can almost play whoever you want is what it feels like. It's all the names that you love and all the darlings that we talk about all year long on this podcast. And you got to try to find the right combination to put them all together. So it's a fun puzzle. I'm excited to get back to it again this week. Other than that, uh, you know, not much going on there. NFL was sort of the same for me. So it wasn't really the best overall week on top of everything. Uh, it happens. It happens. Uh, hopefully we can come back and you know, I can win some money. You can win some money. We all can win some money. That's the goal every week, right? So let's go to the Listener League winner from this past week. It's Drifters United uh, with a, looks like a Fantasy Island avatar. The plane, the plane. Uh, you ever watch Fantasy Island? No. No, no it, it's a funny show. The little midget guy cracks me up. Um, but anyway, so you had 545 points. And Sam Burns, which is one of our favorites, uh, had a really nice Sunday going six under. Uh, 90 points, even though he finished in 28th place. 
Uh, 35.13% owned. Pat Perez was one of my cash game cornerstones. 18.66% owned. Finished in 21st place. 74.5 points. Jing Zhong Jiang, uh, another one of my favorites last week. Our favorites. Uh, 16% owned. Uh, 94 points. He finished in 11th. Brian Stewart, who's been sort of a cut-making machine here recently. 10% owned. Uh, finished in 33rd. 72 points. Nate Lashley, who was a former winner uh, at Corrales uh, last week. I think when it was on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour, 1.18% uh, on 104.5 points, finished in fourth place. That was sort of the decider there. And Anurban Lahiri, which is one of Tambo's favorites last week, 1.51% owned again, 110 points. What did you think of the lineup? Yeah, it was a good lineup. I think, like you said, it's just all about these guys at the one percenters at the bottom. And that's one of those things I joke about all the time where, you know, I, I definitely liked Lahiri and talked about him enough and played him. So that one was one that I had some shares of, but you know, Nate Lash is a guy that you know, we talk about all the good tips on, and then I just don't use them myself, right? We talked about how he'd been the previous winner. I think it was, like you said, like a corn fairy tour event. And, you know, Zhang was another one, talked a lot about him, didn't play him, you know, just didn't care. And, and he ended up having a great week. We'll talk about him again for this week. I don't think we're too late. The one thing that's going to be, I'm trying, not trying to segue too much into this week, but just the thought of the pricing this week is pretty funny how some of these guys get these huge drops after, you know, in the, even in a case of Zhang, he goes down 400 bucks. The field does not improve that much it is better but it doesn't improve that much and he goes for you know less money now after having a week where he had 23 birdies just has to you know not make those same mistakes like he did on sunday so overall great lineup i've added drifters united into the mix for the year-end toc that we're going to organize again for next year and this season that we're into now and then yeah just uh you know like you said a lot of the guys that we talked about in the lineup and the, and the right spacing when he's got a heavy owned guy like sam burns a lot of lower owned guys to counteract at the bottom so a solid build across the board and won by uh, nine points there. So it's a nice, nice win for him. Yeah, I don't think he had anyone in the top three. Uh, and still, he didn't have Hughes. He didn't have McCombe. No one had McCumber. Not many had Swafford. But he didn't have Hughes. And he still came and whooped everyone's ass by a punch. Uh, again, 6-6 six six is pretty low, like it's been uh, every single week. It's, it's, it's a lot tougher now to get 6-6 six six through. All right, so let's get to this week. The PGA Tour heads to Mississippi for the Sanderson Farms Championship from the Country Club of Jackson. The Country Club of Jackson has hosted this event for the last six years, and the six winners use a variety of different strategies, especially off the tee, to get the job done. Uh, Ryan Armour and Peter Malnati, Malnati, who won in like 2017, 2015, they plotted their way through the course using less than driver on many holes. They both averaged less than 270 yards off the tee. Uh, Nick Taylor in 2014, Gribble in 2016, and Munez, Munoz in 2019 hit driver off the tee a bit more. Uh, Taylor averaged 295, Gribble 312, and Munoz 314.5 off the tee. And then, of course, a couple of years ago, Cameron, Cameron Champ bomb and gouged his way to victory as he averaged 334 yards off the tee. Uh, the only thing that was fairly similar between the golfers yeah, was solid iron play. Uh, only Gribble was outside the top 10 in greens and regulation for the week of their win. Also, all five, all six winners were inside the top 11 in putts per green and regulation were strong in strokes game putting. So, like, what does this tell us? I mean, not really much. <laughs> Basically, any type of golfer whose putter gets hot can win this event, which makes it, of course, more difficult to narrow down the field. And it being a weak field, that makes it even tougher. Makes it more fun, especially when you catch the right ones. Uh, that's the one thing about it. Uh, one thing I will say is that, you know, champs bomb and gouge sort of um, strategy is what a lot of golfers are tending to doing now, uh, especially younger golfers like Ron Kepka and more recently Wolf and Bryson. They, they, they use this strategy pretty successfully uh, the last couple of years. Uh, this course should be well-suited for aggressive drivers since the rough is short and there aren't too many problems off the tee box. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about the rough here in a little bit. It could cost some flyer lives, which could be a problem, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, now, you know, hitting it off 350 yards off the tee isn't going to help if the wedge game is poor. But, you know, distance, I think distance can help almost every week. Uh, a couple of tidbits uh, before we get to the course. All six winners here in Jackson were maiden winners, and three of the six were tour rookies. So the Country Club of Jackson's a 7,450-yard par 72 with the tr traditional four par threes and four par fives. The par fives are not automatic birdie holes. The birdie rate on the four par fives is usually bottom 15 for courses on tour each year. Uh, three of them are really long, like 584 yards, 590, 615, and the par 511th is 554 yards, which, but it has a giant pond in front of the green, leading many to lay up on the second shot, especially if they miss the fairway. 
Now, with the length of talent of many of these young golfers today, someone could go after the par fives, uh, could go off on the par fives. But in my opinion, this is one of the rare courses with four par fives where scoring needs to come from the par fours. Seven of the ten par fours are under 450 yards, including a drivable par four 15th. Uh, golfers need to take advantage of these short par fours to contend. Uh, two of the par threes on the course are over 200 yards, and par will be a good score on all the par threes. Off the tee, golfers will see slightly above average with tree-lined fairways with bunkers guarding landing zones. The trees aren't dense, so even if golfers hit it into the trees, it's possible that they will still have a shot onto the green. Uh, there aren't too many dog legs, and a Bermuda rough is only around 2.5 inches tall. Now, Bermuda rough can be hard to hit out of and can cause flyer lies no matter the length. So hitting it in a fairway would be beneficial, but the course has a lot of shorter par fours, so if golfers can hit it far off the tee, they can break out wedge from the rough and make approaches easier. As stated before, there will be a wide array of strategies from the tee box. Uh, outside of the par fives, of course, are short enough where we will see most hitting less than driver off the tee, but since there aren't too many dangers around the fairway, we will see a fair amount of golfers using the bomb and gouge approach. On approach shots, golfers will see above average size, elevated greens that have shaved runoff areas surrounding them, somewhat similar to what we saw at Corrales this past week. Bunkers and water also protect the majority of these putting surfaces. The greens have a bit of slope and undulation, and missing the greens will lead to tough up and downs from below the hole or from the greenside bunkers. The greens are Bermuda grass with a, with a strip meter rating of around 12. Uh, even if the weather's dry, the greens should still be receptive, as the course superintendent here has been known to water the greens before each round. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, it's like I said, there's a lot of guys out there that we're going to be talking about. It's, it's going to come down to who you want to play, some of the stats you want to look at. For me, stats-wise, I'm going to be looking at you know strokes gained approach, uh, hitting greens, or if you want to look at opportunities gained or whatever you want to call it, sort of to see who's going to have the opportunities, what the, you know guys did last week, what they've done in their history here, Bermuda, is a thing. You know, I think that's important. There's going to be some guys that we like to get back on Bermuda. Sam Burns is a popular one and going to be a, a popular play this week. So I think that's something to look at. And then the one thing that, you know, stood out to me and all the stuff that I was looking at today and reading and finding out and going back and looking at from previous years, I know champ won with the bomb and gouge, but they talk a little bit in the weather this week about how there's going to be some rain building up and, and leading up to it. And if it's a little bit wetter that there could be sort of a, a mitigation to the, the par fives, right? Where it's going to be all about a big wedge game and, 100 to 150 range. And I think that, you know, back in 2015, when Malnati won, your boy, uh, Peter Malnati, he's, he was uh, saying that in one of the quotes that I read from one of the articles. And basically, it looks like it could be another year like that again. So I don't know if many people will go for that as much as they'll look at, you know, par five scoring and uh, guys that can bomb it out there and what they've seen as of late work. So I am going to look at that angle a little bit and try and get a little bit unique, but try and like you talked about a little bit before the show with me about not get we, we sometimes get too cute at these events, right? We, we look for different angles or we go after different items that we might not always go after. And this is sort of one of those events where you can differentiate but not have to go too far off the page, right? We're going to know who the popular plays are as the week goes on. So you can pick and choose where you go from there and make your pivots that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me personally, I think one of the reasons why I've been a little bit better since uh, the fall season started is I sort of tried to make things a little bit more simpler. Uh, you know, when, when you overthink, you tend to miss things that are right in front of you. Um, like, so what I've been doing sort of is taking like uh, two or three of my most important stats for the week and just really focusing on that in a long-term sense. Now that sort of goes against what I've been doing lately, but I needed to change something. Um, and I think, especially in these weaker field events, long-term stats can help you find um, the gems that you are looking for. Like if you think of Hudson Swafford last week, um, you know, one of the biggest stats last week was par five scoring. Uh, and in the last hundred rounds, I think he was ninth or 10th in the field. Um, and that was probably my second most important stat of the week. Uh, so, I mean, just breaking it down into smaller, more easier to consume type models uh, in these weaker field events and focusing specifically on long term. I think that can really help you when it comes to GPP. So, uh, and even cash. So we'll see how it goes uh, this week because I mean these weaker field events that they're tough and you got to find some type of edge. So let's get to these tiers for this week. Let's start off in this 10K and up range. We got my my Korean brethren Benny on all the way up to Mr. Scheffler. How you doing this weekend? Usti he withdrew. 
Uh, so he's not in the field, even though he's ten thousand eight hundred dollars. So it only makes uh, four people in this range. Tampo, how are you going this week? Yeah, I don't think anyone was going to play Louis anyway. It's a guy that we like at you know seventy six hundred. Now this was quite a different field, but yeah, it's unfortunate. It is what it is. Just changes it to so there's only four guys. It's going to come down to a lot of ownership for me and see what happens up here. I think the one thing I will note is that I'm going to play probably pretty much all these guys, you know, the six K range is absolutely stacked. And, and I like mixing these guys up. We already know when we're going to, you know, get ahead of ourselves here, but the nine K range is going to be popular with the plays like Burns, Redmond, the defending champ Munoz, all these guys that we'll get to and, and the bottom range of the nine K range as well. So I don't mind using two of these guys up top here this week. And you'll, you'll find out why later on when I start talking about all these options down below, it's not like I'm going to play a hundred guys under seven K, but there's something like 90 guys down there. So I'm certainly going to mix and match with these guys up here when it comes to Scheffler three top fives to end the season rookie of the year the sad part of the U.S. Open where he had to withdraw with the COVID test so you know a positive test I, I just hate to see that so uh, get him back in action here I think he's by far the fave for a good reason this would be a spot for him just to pick up an, a, an easy win it won't be extremely easy because you look at all the guys we're going to talk about behind him but definitely makes sense why he's 11-4 um, Sungjae you know has been hit or miss has looked better lately second place last year. I think that plays into it. And that's where the betting odds play into it as well. So I uh, definitely like Scheffler more than him. And then I probably like Willie Z still more too. The guy's on a mission. He talked about it. He did it. What he said he was going to do. You know, he knows this is his spot. You talked about that earlier with a guy like McCumber, other guys that we mentioned, uh, I'll go right back to Willie Z at 10 two. And then Benny Ann just feels expensive. He's certainly the guy I would like the least, but I do think him and Munoz before we get out of ourselves are, are going to be good pivots in here just based on where they're priced, right? You know, Munoz and, and him are right in between Redmond, Burns, and then above in Zalatoris and Scheffler. So what are your thoughts on the 10K range? Then what do you think of that? Yeah, I definitely think Benny on is going to be the lowest owned. I think there's no doubt in my mind about that. I'm not sure if I'm going to play. I'm going to start off with my first cash game, Cornerstone. I'm going to go Will, Willie Z. Uh, at 10,200. He showed a lot on Sunday. Uh, going a seven under, um, you know, seven under, uh, uh, 65, uh, no bogeys. And, and what he said after the event about that round really struck out to me. Um, talking about, like, how did you play different on Sunday compared to the first three rounds? And what he said is, my back was against the wall. You know, he had to have another top 10 to make it to play this week. Uh, he needs, I think, something like 78 or 98 more points to be able to get a temporary exemption. So that's what he's going for. Now he still has, uh, I think, all seven sponsors invites left for the season. So he should be able to get it as long as he keeps playing it as well. But that really stuck out to me when he said that. Like, he, he felt the pressure. He needed a top 10 to play this week, and he went and fucking balled out. That's big baller stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is big cojones, big grapefruits type shit. And I love that. Um, and his price dropped a little bit. He's been a cut-making machine, uh, top 10, top 20 machine. Uh, and, you know, even if you throw in his, uh, you know, his uh, Corn Fairy stats, like he's one of the best out there, you know, in par five scoring, par four scoring, greens and regulation, all of that stuff. If you throw in all of his uh, Corn Fairy tour stats, uh, you know, birdies, DK points, all that stuff. Uh, if it came down and you added the Corn Fairy tour, uh, so that's why I'm starting with Willie Z uh, this week as my first cash game cornerstone. When it comes to GPPs, I'm either going to play Sungjae or Scheffler. Uh, I'm leaning Scheffler right now, uh, but it's going to be based on ownership. And I don't mind paying up for Scotty uh, at $11,400 because, like you said, there's a lot of really good plays that are cheap this week in the 6K range that I, would, I don't mind playing at all. Like just counting off, there was like 12 to 15 in my first glance that I was like, oh, I can play him. I can play him. Uh, and so, you know, doing that, it, it makes getting a guy at 11 to four a lot easier. And the dude's been fucking balling out. And the thing is, you know, if he's going to get a win, this is might be the type of field he needs to do it in where there's no Dustin Johnson, where there's no uh, everyone in the top 20 in the world uh, type event, you know, like where he is literally the best golfer in this field, at least in the last month, two months. Um, so th this could be the place where you can get his, his first W. Uh, let's move to this 9K range. Tambo, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so like I said, it's going to be very popular right out of the gates with Burns and Redmond. Obviously love them. It's hard not to. There's nothing really bad to say about them. If you got 
you know, Munoz is the defending champ, but everyone's on Burns and Redmond. So I think there's something to be said there. I, I would definitely have some Munoz shares, but I mean, Burns, this guy's been on fire. This is a spot. We love him on Bermuda. That's just another, you know, attribute to add to him. It's, it's a, you know, the tournament for, for him, right? It's just like you said, you can, you can really put him in the class of maybe, you know, most of the guys above. I think it's just as fine. He's doing it on PGA Tour events. You know, a lot of the Willie Z stuff, like you talked about, where he hasn't had, I think he's got nothing worse than a 19th in like his last 15 events or something ridiculous like that. If you combine all the Corn Ferry Tour, and obviously Burns is doing it on, tougher courses, tougher fields. So it is harder, but yeah, certainly a good spot for him at 9,800. I think you can even start lineups with him. Redmond right there, play them both together, separate them, whatever you decide, depending on what the ownership looks like, might want to separate them and just use it as a pivot. But like I was talking about, you could use those two to start your lineups and then just get different down below. There's lots of options down there. Uh, Redmond, the T3 at, at Wyndham, Safeway, you know, he's ready to get a win. You look at his stats, they all line up uh, just as well. When you look at, you know, strokes gain approach, DK scoring that wedge game from, you know, 125 to 150 is ranked seventh in the last 50 rounds. So uh, this should line up well for him. He showed a lot of class last time out. You know, he couldn't quite get the job done, but he was there with Billy Ho and uh, what's his name getting the win there. So you got, uh, you got a spot here that it's, a, you know, 9,700. I think he can pop off the one guy, uh, you know, this area is a little bit tougher to decipher, but the one guy that I'm not sure, and this kind of worries me a little bit for Willie Z up above, I'll tie it to this guy is Adam Long is, you know, you get going and Adam Long's had, you know, some great finishes. The U.S. Open, he was sneaky. And then last week he just gassed out, but he kind of, you know, did his thing still, right? He got some points. He's got, he got up there. Obviously he's trying to win, but it just happens, right? It's a rough finish on a Sunday. I wonder if that's going to be the same for a guy like Willie Z up top, where he's going to come out, obviously, you know, should make the cut, but then, you know, he's got all those exemptions. He probably feels a little bit better after last week where he made it happen with his back against the wall. So I, I'm going to be probably off, Adam Long, you know, it's a lot of words to say that, but I do like the guys below him, you know, Brian Harmon, Corey Connors, uh, Corey Connors, the price drop is definitely one I'll take. I, you know, I'm making notes here, but um, second here, a couple of years ago when he put on a clinic, actually beat the guy in third, which happened to be Sam Burns by two. But the problem was Cam Champs clinic was a little bit better winning by four. So, you know, Corey Connors can definitely bounce back here. And I love him at 9,200. And then I'll certainly go back to Luke List at 9K. What about you? Uh, I like Burns and Redmond too. Uh, I think they're going to be very popular. So we'll see. Um, you know, this is just a first glance. I, I think I'm going to be using a bunch of them, but that could change. As they're going to be like on. 25% each. Like it's crazy yeah, how much people are going to talk yeah. about them. And if it's going to be that much, it, it could definitely be worth a fade. At least one of them. Uh, you know, pick your favorite and play one. and Maybe not play both. Uh, if you're going strategy game theory wise, uh, because, you know, in these events, with the weak field, a lot of the times the chalk just doesn't hit, uh, especially when you have names like Burns and Redmond who are, you know, in a high 9K range. So that's something to think about. I sort of like Zach Johnson, uh, who's been playing well. I know last time at the U.S. Open it was all putter, but, I mean, that's what you needed at the U.S. Open because it was just so tough uh, conditions. But he did have a great iron week uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, what event was it? Let me, check, let me double check here. Uh, at the Wyndham, he gained like six strokes, uh, 6.5 strokes. Uh, with uh, with his approaches, he's got a couple of top tens coming into him. I think he might be overlooked uh, being around Burns and Redmond and Long. Uh, those are the guys that I, I'll i be looking at him. Not really the biggest fan of too many others uh, in this range. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe what I can do, uh, since I'm not the biggest fan of too many guys in this range, and if I do fade uh, Doc or Burns, I could play all three, Scheffler, Sungjae, and Will, uh, up top and just go down to this 8K range. Uh, so first off, I'll start off in this 8K range, and I'm going with my second cash game cornerstone, Henrik Stenson, at $8,900. I do think he's still too cheap uh, for this field. And this is the first time he's playing three weeks in a row in God knows how long. Uh, he's been taking – so, you know, I feel like he's getting sort of that rhythm – back in his golf game which is what you need you know for especially for a guy who's a little bit up there in age you know going in playing one week two weeks and then taking four weeks off playing one week two weeks, taking four weeks off it's hard to catch that rhythm with your swing with your putter but this is going to be the third week in a row that Henrik has played uh I think that's a good thing for him and I, you know, I think making a cut would be pretty easy. He played pretty well uh, last week in the Dominican Republic. Of course, his iron game is the best in this field a long term in the last. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, 
because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. 100 rounds. Uh, he hits a ton of greens, good on par fives, decent on par fours, uh, good with his wedges, especially from 150 to 175. Uh, so Stenson will be my second cash game cornerstone. I like Bud Colley uh, at 8,700. Um, you know, iron game strong, tee to green, really good. Really good from 125 to 150 and 150 to 175. And you're going to look at the majority of your iron shots are going to be from that range. And he's really good on par fours as well, which is, just, like I said in the course preview, is going to be very, very important. Uh, down below a little bit, I like Patrick Rogers. Uh, he's been a cut-making machine. And again, the talent that this guy has, again, this type of field is, I think, the type of field where he can win. Uh, you know, where it's not that strong, it's a weaker field. He goes in there, gets hot with the putter, does averages with the irons. He can contend. Uh, and I like Cameron Davis. He's been a favorite of ours uh, for a little while now. And, you know, his is more, uh, I guess, short-term stats. I mean, if you look uh, in the last 50 rounds, uh, the guy's been really, really good, especially uh, – let me take a peek here. Uh, especially, you know, iron play's been good. Lots of birdies. Great on par fives. Great on par fours. I mean, like, you know, birdies are better – uh, par five and strokes gain, um, par four. He's fourth, fifth, and tenth, respectively. And those are some pretty important uh, stats that I'm looking at this week. He's also very good from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, so I like Cameron Davis uh, as well. Who do you like? Yeah, this is a little bit of an interesting range. It says a few guys here, but uh, one guy you didn't mention I thought you might bring up was Si Wu. Uh, he's a you know Bermuda grass lover, and he's been playing some pretty good golf, man. It's just one that gets overlooked, I think, and the price seems odd at eighty four hundred. Like that's quite low, you know. You talked about Stenson, well, his especially price when he was like eleven thousand, like three weeks ago, right? Yeah, and I get that the field's not the same, and so on and so forth. But it, it just like you said, in, in that event, if he was the favorite at that price, at you know at that week field, how is this field like so strong that now he's down to eighty four hundred, quote unquote, so strong? It's not. That's my whole point. Is eighty four hundred just seems insane? So I'll be back on him. At 8,400, you mentioned Stenson. He might have done just enough or not enough to stay off people's radars, right? Like, he, he did something last week, but I kind of like that he got that warm-up at the U.S. Open, wasn't ready. Last week, it's, you know, some nice weather, so, you know, beautiful course, everything out there, has a little fun with it, does just enough. But now, you know, I'll go back to him, and he's got a couple wins on Bermuda grass. So, I think that's a spot that, you know, if he's going to keep his game going here, getting it in the fairway and whatnot like he needs to, that's going to be good. Uh, and then Sergio seems kind of the same. Bud Colley, though, you mentioned him. Him, there's a, a correlation thing with the American Express I saw, Bermuda grass, you know, some of the stuff that lines up. And, and it's interesting. The reason I went a little bit in on this is because, so him, Straka, and Hoagie, who we'll talk about those guys later, all showed up at that course. But if you look who was in, you know, the most recent uh, American Express, who was up there was Scheffler, Burns, and M. We're all near the top of that tournament. And those are all guys we love for this course this week for one reason or another. So I think that's interesting. It makes me like Collie a little bit there, just as sort of a something that lines up or, or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, you know, Notorious over at Rotogrinders always talks about Patrick Rogers. And, and the reason I like him so much last week is it wasn't Bermuda. And he says, play Patrick Rogers anywhere that's not on Bermuda. So I wonder if people will go back to him here. And, you know, I'm going to probably trust him on that and go, go with that there. I like what I saw last week. Uh, his game is and has been on. But like you said, I like Cameron Davis way too much there. If people are going to go back to Rodgers, I'm sure Davis will get love as the week goes on. But uh, he's not sneaky. But I'll find a way to get him in there and just fit someone else. Like I said, lots of guys down below that I like. I can, you know, use two of the guys at the top, skip the 9K range and this upper 8K range altogether, go to Davis, and then find some plays down here. But too cheap for his talent. The stats all line up. I think we were playing him as well at like 8,500 in some fields that were like this. And now he's down to 8,100. So it's a little bit of a price break. And then lastly, just to round it out, I mentioned Zhang earlier, you know, price dropped 400 bucks because of a rough Sunday, but he still had 23 birdies last week. And the stats are all pretty good, line up quite well. So, you know, you, you can go with Zhang there at the bottom as well. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, let's move on to the seven range. I'll go ahead and start because my third cash game cornerstone is right up top. Uh, and that's going to be Charlie Hoffman at $7,900. Uh, if you take a peek at Hoffman's long-term stats, you know, tons of greens, really good from 125 to 150. And like I said, it's going to be a wedge-type game, um, you know. And the thing is, iron play always solid. He's been making a bunch of cuts here lately. I think he has, like, four top 25s in his last seven events. So the form is good. 
Uh, and I think he's made the cut here both times he's played. Uh, so I do like Hoffman as my third cash game cornerstone. Um, other guys, I, I'll play a little bit of Seb Straka. I like what you're talking about, the correlation with the annex. Uh, I'm a fan of that. I like Brian Stewart, especially maybe for cash. He's not one of my cornerstones. But the guy's just been making cuts. Uh, he's been pretty good here uh, over the years. Uh, you know, and again, really good on the on the shorter par fours from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, so I do like uh, I do like him. Hold on. Uh, and then uh, why don't you go into this top range and we'll finish out the bottom in a second. Yeah, I was with you on Hoffman. It was 23rd and 35th here in his two showings that you talked about there. Uh, quiet little 14th last week. So I think that'll go a little bit overlooked and at 7,900 feels right. Uh, you know, Denny McCarthy be the guy that I would go back to. Uh, really another one, just quite the price drop for a very similar field, right? We were talking about him last week. If I'm going to play him at 9,600 last week, uh, you know, one of the best putters on the tour. And you get him here, and this can definitely turn into a putting contest, right? You, you've got that opportunity to see that happen at minus 20, minus 21, like that type of score. This is the guy that uh, I'll go back to for sure, and he's the best putter over the last 50 rounds, but we just know how good he can get. So if everything can finally line up, as I talked about last week, give him one more shot, especially with the price drop from 9,600 down to 7,900. Uh, Chesson Hadley's guy I don't talk about often, but I do like this spot and his price. Basically, I want to hop on when he gets onto Bermuda. Had some great results on Bermuda in the past. Made the cut at the U.S. Open, even though it was a grind. Uh, still solid. And he actually has a second place here in 2017. So I do like Justin Hadley at 7,800. A couple guys mentioned Straka. You know, the Amex thing that I talked about. And then a couple decent showings recently at Safeway and Corrales. Good stats, as you mentioned. Things line up there. Recent winners, do we sink? Do you want to go back there? I don't know about that one. But uh, he's something that just stood out. And then the other guy I like here just at 7,500 on the nose is JT Poston. Typically better on Bermuda. Uh, Amex last year, he was all right. Won the Wyndham uh, at Sedgefield, which is another one, Bermuda. 11th here last year and four for four made cuts overall at this course. So I think that's a guy you could use. Like you're talking about, I'm, I'm not here to give you the cash game cornerstones, but I certainly think he's a guy that's pretty safe. And at 7,500, I think it's a fair price. And then I'll give a couple more and let it go back to here. But the, uh, you know, I'll, maybe I'll round it out. There's not as many here, like so I'm going down below. But Taylor Gooch. I know he burned everyone at 7,300 at the Safeway. Funny that his price actually gets a bump of $100. But if you look at his stats, they're, they're solid across the board. Same reason we were on him there. I'm on him here. Uh, certainly going to go back to him. Good results at the Wyndham and the Amex in the past. So two Bermuda courses that I've been talking about. So he lines up there. Not sure what people are going to do with Hudson Swafford. It's a spot that I'll go back to. I'll tell you why. Uh, nobody ever likes to play a guy that just won. And I get it, but the problem is, is usually it's like a JT, like a, a literal JT, like Justin Thomas, call him the, not a little, but the real JT. And then he comes back at like 11-5 the following week after he's 10-5. That's where it gets a little bit tricky, but Hudson Swafford is 7,300, probably feeling pretty good. And like you say, it's going to be hit or miss. So I'm not saying to put him in, you know, maybe your main lineup, but I'll be using him in large field because either he rides that momentum and stays on and keeps that game rolling and tries to keep it rolling. And that's, you know, got to think that's how all these guys look. Nobody says, ah, at least I got my stuff. Let's back down. I think guys like Willie Z and the Adam Long situation I mentioned is different because they've actually been playing, been grinding, finally got something. And now it's that Hudson Swafford is not a guy that's been going out playing a bunch of golf lately. And now he gets a win. It's time to get it going and, and switch into a high gear. So I don't think he's going to gas out after something like that. Your boy, Cam Tringali, looks solid down here. Stats line up. Uh, before Safeway, he had a couple really decent showings and he's always good for a made cut. So I do like him. You talked about Cam Percy. Uh, Keegan Bradley, a spoiler alert on, on a, you know, not a spoiler alert, but we're going to give you some news later about next week's pod. And maybe comes true, maybe doesn't. We'll see with a surprise guest. But going to play some Keegan anytime he's this cheap in a field this week. He's got the solid wedge game that I'm looking for. Uh, as I talked about, with, you know, when he gets on with those fairways and greens, he, he talked a little bit in some interviews last year about his mentality of that. I think this is a guy that, again, much like we just talked about with Swafford, he's going to want to get it going. This is a spot, a course, everything, you know, lines up, a field for him to want to get it going. And I know it's Keegan Bradley. We're talking about large field GPPs here. But when he gets on, he does have the upside to come with it. At 7,100, I kind of like him for, for my GPP pools. What about you? Yeah, uh, talking about the surprise, Keegan Bradley, uh, which we're trying, uh, Tyler's not going to make the pod next week. So we tried to get Brad on and he actually just texted me right now and said he couldn't, he has to work. So everyone give Brad Messerschmitt some shit uh, on Twitter for, <laughs> for, not being, for not being able to make it next week because that would have been a great show. We miss you, Brad. Uh, we'll definitely have you on sometime soon, but we will have some guests tomorrow, uh, next week to come on with me since Tyler is going to miss it. But going back into the mid seven K range, 
I think I'm going to give Russell Knox a little bit of a chance. Uh, he showed a little life the last time he came out. I think it was at the Safeway. Uh, iron plays always strong, tons of greens, good on par force. Let's see if his game has finally come back uh, because it sort of went away for a long time. And then, you know, the last time he went out, sort of out of the blue, uh, you know, he threw out a top 10. Let's see if that can continue. Uh, I don't think he's going to be too popular. So that's something you can look at for GPPs. My final cash game quarterstone, sort of buried the lead there, is Cameron Percy at $7,200. Uh, the thing about Cameron Percy is he's been playing extremely well the last few events. Uh, probably some of his, I think, three top 25s in his last four events. Uh, played, I think, one withdrawal. Uh, I think that was in between. Uh, that's a pretty good run for this guy, you know, a, a career journeyman. And then he's played extremely well at this course. Uh, so if you combine those two, I like him as a as the cheapest uh, uh, cash game play that I'm going to play to fill out my lineup. So my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Will Zalatoris at $10,200, Henrik Stenton at $8,900, uh, Charlie Hoffman at $7,900 and Cameron Percy at $7,200. This leaves like $15,700. I think you can, you can literally go back up to the 9K range uh, if you want to fill out the rest of your lineup. A lot of leeway, a lot of room to do what you want uh, with these four guys. Um, and we'll see if we can get four or four again. Uh, other guys I do like in this range, um, Gooch, like you said, uh, I'll be playing him. What about what are you going to do? I, I like a couple of the 7K guys. Too. I like Jonathan Vegas. I think it's his time for him. It'd be a nice little bounce back situation where no one's going to roster him. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the long term, you know, tons of birdies, good on par fives, hits a lot of greens, uh, decent from uh, on par fours and short par fours. This could be a course that he could do well at. Uh, we shall see. Uh, what are you going to do with Snedeker at $7,100? Any interest? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, we did, I didn't, I guess I didn't really talk about the guys at the bottom. You mentioned one like Johnny V same thing. Going to play him last week for, you know, an expensive price. Could he bounce back? Yeah. I, I hate what I saw, but you know, with the little bit I got to see, but you know, the, of him, but I, I could play some of him McNeely, our boys down at the bottom. And then yeah, Snedeker, like you mentioned, probably, you know, I talk about guys like Stenson and Sergio up there that are extremely cheap for the name. Again, they seem, you know, they if they can get it going, then they have all the upside in the world. It's just whether or not they do. And obviously, Snedeker is down here for a reason. What what do you got on Snedeker that, that's got you talking about him besides the price? I, just looking at the price uh, for him and, and, and the name brand, it just seems incredibly cheap. I know his game has not been anywhere near where it has been in the past. And, I, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, he hasn't really putted uh, that well. And that is his strength. Uh, but yeah. the last time he was out at the U.S. Open, he did gain some strips on his approaches. But uh, if you go I mean, back and look, like his last since, – since June, even late June, he's actually played quite a little bit of golf since coming back. He's got one out of ten events that he's gained strokes tee to green. The other ones he's lost multiple strokes. Yeah. Up, yeah, to, I, up to even I, as bad as 4.3. It's really tough to go there. And that's where I said if, if he it's gets tough. me, if he gets me, he gets me. But it's a really – I don't see anything that would have me go at that angle. I mean, I would take shots on – other guys there but uh, like i said keegan bradley i'd rather take a shot on or, or even uh, ventura didn't mention him oh, but I, you know I, yeah, put my I, notes, I mean, i'll definitely yeah. bite and go back there i mean that guy played well last week and it's just again it's young gun season it's momentum season it's you know let's go time and, and these are the guys that i want to get on not you know all these names necessarily unless you know a guy like stenson i like a lot more because the price and the price is still up there you're going to pay for it but he actually showed me something last week and he's got the name and the talent like you said a little bit of the momentum on just his third time out he's gonna try and get something rolling here i don't know about snedeker though i don't, I don't know about that one i think you're right i don't think i'm gonna play snedeker it was just interesting seeing that price for a person uh you know with his name brand but you're right he's been playing like what, dog what shit. about mav mcneely though our boy is this his time because we've been waiting for that one too we have been waiting i mean the numbers don't point to nothing but i'm gonna play him just because he's my dude uh, so you know what I'm saying. So uh, I mean, it's just one of it's one of those FOMO things that I always play, uh, Mad McNeely, because I think he's good enough talent wise uh, to be a winner on the PGA Tour. So you know, again, these are a type of events where guys like him can go out of nowhere and get that W, a la Hudson Swafford. Um, and he's just so, as bad as Snedeker. So you're right. And he's actually, if you look at his stats, he's literally just as bad as Snedeker for those T to green numbers that I just gave you on him. He's almost the same, but yet I will still play him. Because like I said, I just think he's the young gun. It's time. If it's going to happen, it's going to be at an event like this. So that's an example. I'm going to play 
McNeely over the big name Snedeker. And if that's too cute, then so be it. But if you're going to play a shitty golfer, you might as well play the shitty golfer that, you know, in form wise anyway, that you actually want to play or like. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move to the 6K range. Why don't you go ahead and uh, st- kick it off there, Tambo? I'll start banging out some names here. Like I said, I, I'm not going to name everybody. There's 90 guys down here. I'm just saying there is a lot right. of guys that stand well, on out. On the count of he- three, let's both say our favorite play in the so 6K just, range. Just wait. I have a feeling it, it might be the same. We'll see. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Aaron Wise. Shank. Oh, okay. oh no. You went Adam Shank. I like I like Aaron Wise. I like Shank too, but Aaron Wise is my favorite player in the range. Go ahead, keep on going. I'll start with Shank because you're going there. I do like Wise. I got a note on him. You know, another boom bust guy uh, for Wise. Solid results. 39th, 25th here in the past. Maybe sparks him a little bit. He's again a guy that hasn't really been on, but when he gets it going, it's a guy that definitely is better than a lot of these guys in the field. Former Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's when he gets his game going. I remember at times it was just you know two years ago. Now it's not that long ago that you know Brooks Kepka was singing praises from the top and they've been hanging out and golfing a little bit and stuff like that. So, you know, saying, look out for this guy. And he obviously won rookie of the year and then just fell off. He got a win. He had all this stuff going for him, uh, you know, besides the the girlfriend not giving him the kiss. But other than that, he was playing great golf. So I'll go to Shank, who I said I was going to go to. Uh, another guy to me just doesn't make sense. Huge price drop. Continues to make cuts seven or eight in a row now. Uh, three made cuts here with 36th and 7th being two of the last three years. Much better on Bermuda than any other surface. I mean, 6,700, plug him in and see what that gives you in your cash team. I don't even know, but that's a guy I like for, you know, this tournament. He's You're talking about cuts. Shank? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 yeah. Just, I do like Just yeah. crushing it right now. And, and again, and maybe not the upside you're looking for, but he certainly has it, and he's had it at this course, 36th and 7th, two of his last three years. So uh, in good form, making every cut, solid on Bermuda. I like everything about him at 6,700. Tom Hoagie, I mentioned earlier. Uh, just the Amex, and then the stats do look good across the board. I always talk about him being a talent. I know it's not your you know next level talent, but at 6,900, we're not asking for this guy to go out and win the thing. We just want him to get a top 20 for us and make the lineup that has the other guys in the top 20 that are you know with the winner. So uh, 39th here last year could spark him a little bit. Not sure if Tyler McCumber can do it again, but he's a guy that I was pissed about last week. Uh, I played Grayson Murray over him, and I like McCumber. I always have not just the namesake we've talked about him in the past on this pod. Good golfer. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour, stuff that we'd seen in the past on him. But I like Kyle Stanley a little bit more than Wise and McCumber right there. Really a guy that's always boom or bust. 28th again, sneaky at the last or at the Corrales last week. Got a nice wedge game, though. And for the longer par fours, the third shot in on par fives, even there's four of those here, even on his layups. If he gets it in tight, these are all birdies for a guy like him at 6,800. We normally see him creep up there on Thursday. So if you don't like him for... DFS or you're worried he's not going to make the cut give him a swirl at the first round leader bet because I think that's a good one uh, other than that I talked about Shank Keith Mitchell back on Bermuda back to what he loves had a very rough Saturday but he bounced back on Sunday for us always like the the momentum builders on Sunday so I'm going back to him uh, another weird name here Vincent Whaley guys won't really talk about him or know about him but crushing in his last three events I think top 35 in all of the last three uh, nobody talks about him did well at the Wyndham sorry that was his worst with a 37th uh, 45th year last year in his first showing and play him really good right now. So uh, good for his price at 6,600. Let's see. Uh, Brandon Hagee what was on him last week. He gets even cheaper, missed the cut last week. So people probably off him, but those same stats still line up and he does have a 14th and an 18th here. The, the two cuts that he did play at this course uh, out of the four, the two made cuts were a 14th and an 18th. So a perfect play for GPP's boomer bust. If he makes the cut, at this course, two of the last four tries, very small sample, but he has got a top 20, both tries. So I like that. Um, give me some of yours and then come back to me for some that we missed, and I'll have a couple more. Yeah, of course. I'm going to go with Aaron Wise as one of my favorites in this field. Uh, just a, a, a green make, a green hitting machine, a birdie machine, uh, good on short par fours, good on par fives. I think his length can help. Uh, I definitely do like Aaron Wise uh, a bunch this week. I, li- I like McCumber. Uh, like I said, uh, maybe p- playing with a little less stress in his mind uh, after garnering all those um, FedEx Cup points last week could play a little bit more free. Now it could, you know, bite him in the ass and could be overly aggressive and, you know, short side himself and do silly things. Uh, but it could also make him go pin hunting and try and get as many birdies as possible because he knows he has a rack of time now to just get 100, 200 more FedEx Cup points in the next what? 
47 events because there's 50 events uh, this season. Uh, so, so I think he could be playing a little bit more free. Uh, Davis Riley, uh, another guy, a uh, corn fairy guy who just one of the leading birdie makers on the corn fairy tour. Uh, he's another guy that I will, I will play. Uh, of course I like Shank, like you're talking about. Um, I like Stanley, like you were talking about. I, I, I like Mitchell like you were talking about other guys that I'm going to play uh, Sean O'Hare with a really nice performance last week, a uh, top 15 uh, and his price dropped uh, uh, or at least stayed the same. I'm not exactly sure what his price was last week, but it only, if it went up, it only went up a little bit because he's $6,500. Uh, I like him. I'm going to play a little bit of um, play a little bit of uh, Wesley Bryan. Um, you know, the thing is, again, this course, you could do a lot of things off the tee, uh, he, of course, that's probably his biggest weakness. Uh, and the thing is, you know, if he misses, not too much trouble uh, off the tee here. And his iron game is one of the best in the field, uh, especially with his wedges. Uh, yeah. and there's going to be a lot of wedges here. Uh, so I like him at $6,300. Uh, and I'm going to play my boy, Malnati. Uh, he's just some guy that I, li- I-, I like playing him. Uh, he's one year before. Again, another good wedge player and his putting it can go it's been really strong that's one of the reasons why i liked him last week and again this could become a putting contest again when it happens to be all these birdies are hitting so many greens in regulation like most of the field will do this week uh it could just come to down to the putter and um Malnati is there with that strength who else do you like in this range yeah you took a couple of them i forgot to mention davis riley you know this is a guy that we were talking about at the u.s open with willie z obviously he missed the cut there that didn't help his case willie z stole the show but if you look at the July-August on the Corn Ferry Tour for Davis Riley, and this is a field that's pretty similar like last week, uh, this one should probably settle him down for a made cut here. So I do like Davis Riley uh, you know, to get a made cut at 6,700 and then take his upside that we can get from there. Definitely like that. It'll feel good to get back on a little bit easier course. You mentioned Wesley Bryan. It was definitely that. you know, Before the Safeway, he had six made cuts. Some stats that I really like for here. You talked about that wedge game that I've been going on and on about. So 6,300, I think that's a great play. For large field. And then the uh, other one down here, Martin Laird. Stats are decent. Uh, Doesn't really miss a lot of cuts, man. 6,100. He got a seventh here in 2018 and made a cut last week for a little bit of momentum. So uh, that was sort of the guy to round it out the bottom. And then I guess one more I'll mention is my boy, Sam Ryder. Uh, Bermuda is his better surface than he made the cut last week. I always like him in events like this. So he's sort of just a FOMO play for me that I'll get him in my lineups. But the rest is... uh, I'll play Ryder at 6,500 too. That does yeah. make sense. A lot of plays uh, down here. It That's sounds like I'm... a lot, but I look, there's 87 guys down here. And then oh, the no, one more I'm... guy, don't forget yeah. this, MJ Dafu, Matias, this guy, he, won, he got another Monday Q, the Monday Q boss. He's going to get added to the pool. So keep your eyes open for him. He's a birdie maker. I'm going to get him in my lineups for sure. Hopefully he comes in yeah, at 6 I mean, You came, yeah, I mean, uh, that'll work. Well, who's the Canadian that you picked in the U.S. Open? It came out of nowhere. Ty, uh, Taylor Pendrith. Pendrith, yeah, Pendrith. I mean, you got you got these. Low, he got a second like last week too. Pendrith crushed it again on Corvette Tour last week. I think it was a second or the week before. He's been dialed, yeah. man. This guy, and he's a bomber too. So I can't wait to get him in some more events. But that was awesome to see at the at the U.S. Open. There, he's actually roommates with uh, Corey Connors. Oh, okay. Well, he should teach Corey how to putt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Corey can putt. Corey was my biggest fade last week uh, over ten k. Uh, this week, and, go back to him. Go back to him. Wait, you should I play him or fade him again? Play him this week. 9,200? Uh, Corey? For what? Connors? Corey, Corey yeah, Connors, we'll, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the stats line up, but God, he's so horrible at putting. Got like, like, he's so he's worse than Luke List. <laughs> putting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's just horrible. All right, so let's go to bets. <laughs> let's go to bets for this week, Tampa. Go ahead. Yeah, I got uh, Redmond, 33. This is a weird week. I'm just taking these guys to win or not. I do have some each ways at the end, a couple bombs, but these guys, even at 50 and 55, they're either going to win or they're not. So I'm not even messing around with it. I like some more guys at these shorter odds. So Redmond, 33, Stenson, 50. I had that. I thought that was just a stupid number. Don't really love him to win, but if he does, that's a huge number. List, who we just talked about, 50. Uh, Cam Davis, 55. Gooch, 100 with the each way top five. And Davis Riley, 160 with the each way top five. Getting a little brazen there at the end. All right, so I got Burns at 28 to 1. I got Doc at 30 to 1. And it's possible that I fade them both 
in, in DraftKings. I don't so, think they're fades. We got to go back to that. I don't want to give the wrong, I mean, impression. I just know that I, I, if they're both 25%, do something to figure it out. Make your stand or pick how you want to do it. I just think it's a little crazy that they're going to be like the guaranteed faves to win this thing and everyone's going to be on them. And there's so many other guys around them that have just as much momentum and motivation to get the job done that you got to look at how you're building your lineups overall. I'll talk more about it over at Roto-Grinders this week, but once it comes down to Wednesday, but I, I'm with you if you want to, Kenny. I'm just saying, yeah. I don't want to be oh, like you just thing. fade both completely. Here's, it's just tough. Without ownership, I want to play both of them because I feel like they're going to make it. But I mean, in these type of fields at that type of price, I mean, it just seems smart sometimes to give these guys a pass. Um, because it's not like these guys live up to their expectation week in and week out. Uh, it could be just worth the risk. I am not sure what I'm doing with either one of them on DraftKings. I could play both. I could play neither. I could just play one of them. I, I still lock have not them both decided. in and then get everybody I, else low owned. Try that. Yeah, I, I, I just still have not, I still have not decided on what I'm going to do with those two guys. But I'm going to bet them both. Uh, at least I'm going to bet them both. Uh, just so I have some skin in that game. I like. I got Stenson at 45 to one. Um, I got Rodgers at 66 to one. And then I got McCumber 150 to one and wise 175 to one. So that's how I'm going with, uh, that's how I'm going with this week. Uh, One and done for me. I think I'm going to go. I don't even know if I use Scheffler yet. If I haven't used Scheffler, I'll use him. If not, I'll probably go Stenson. Who do you like? Yeah. I don't even care that Scheffler is the quote unquote chalk there. I'm just going to pound it. I'm taking him. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, do we miss anything? No, I think we hit it all, man. Another fun week. Like I said, just trying to get the puzzle together properly. It's going to be sad for you if uh, Burns and Redmond finish second and third. We get yeah, some random-ass winner that nobody's on. It's 0.5% uh, owned that nobody has, and you uh, need those two in DFS, and you lose your bet. So that's, it's uh, weird. Even with that, like, I usually would put one of them in cash, but yeah. I, I just have a feeling about Willie Z uh, uh, this week. I, I just love his attitude. Well, like what he said, really, really He's a spoke killer, man. to me. It spoke okay. to me. Like not many people think like that at that young of an age coming in. And he said the reason he balled out was because the pressure was on. I mean, I know a lot of these fucking golfers talk out of their ass, but God damn, that shit got me hyped <laughs> to really see. So, so that's, why, that's why I had to go with him. All right, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Um, You know, they got all the good stuff there. Our membership there actually includes every single sport. You know, check my Twitter feed for promo codes for that. Uh, My article's out. I'll have my favorite bets on there. I'll have my favorite plays on there that aren't my cash game cornerstones. That'll be out Wednesday. Course preview status to look for. Had a little strategy section on weak field events. Threw that in there in the article this week. So make sure you check that out on gupscorner.com. Tambo. Yeah, find me on Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo. Add me there. On Roto Grinders, everything on there. I already talked about rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Uh, use that. You get five bucks off your first month. Check it all out. I got Tuesday show with uh, Noto, who I you know mentioned earlier, and then STL Cards. We do our show then on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, I bring on a guest, go through everything. And Wednesday's the final look, right? So talk about all this, you know, Redmond and Burns back and forth, joking, trying to make our decision. I'll have a final decision on Wednesday, and that's exactly what I discuss on Wednesday, well, I have Roto-Grinders well going through the lineup HQ tool and everything you can use over there. Other than that, have a good week, guys. All right, it's going to be a fun week. We love these. I like these personal these events personally. It's, it's a big deal for these golfers. It's fun to play DFS. You can sort of get an edge if you really get into it. If you're real-time, look at the numbers, look at the stats. Just don't overthink. Let's win some motherfucking money, DGen Nation. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. 
Enjoy a medium hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.